Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Warning, the Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Not Real Art, podcast celebrating creativity and creative culture worldwide. I'm your host, Sourdough, and today I'm thrilled to have my partner in crime back in the studio. Back in the house. Artist extraordinaire, the one and only Man One. I'm back. I'm here. Back in black, baby. Got that cool black t-shirt. What is is that? uh, Is that one of yours? Of course. Of course. By the way, I only wear my shirts. Well, as you should. Yeah. 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 Nice. I, I gotta... print and design my own label of stuff. Mm-hmm. All available at man1.com, man1art.com. Man1art.com. You know, it's uh, it's all print on demand. So I have t-shirts and hoodies and, uh, you know, sandals and fucking any, kind of, any kind of merch you want, you know? <laughs> Sex toys. Yeah. No. <laughs> But really, the only reason I do all that is so that I can order it, so that I can wear it. (laughs) So I make like one sale a month, and it's me buying my own shit. (laughs) Hey, man, you got to support the cause. Yep, my own cause. And uh, not uh, K-A-W-S either. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he he has enough support. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Well, I'm uh, I'm stoked that you're here, brother. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I wanted to get you in here to talk about... um, some cool work you're doing right now. I think uh, on a certain level, we could call this a, a, a special edition yeah. uh, episode of the Not Real Art podcast because <laughs> I think for the you know first time you know we were going to focus on a subject in a in a in a very deliberate way. Yeah. Uh, usually we bounce around. Of course, we're probably going to bounce around. <laughs> we uh, this one too. But I, I thought we'd do a, a special edition uh, podcast today. Uh, talking about uh, the awesome work you're doing uh, for Sneakertopia. That's right. So this is the Sneakertopia edition. Right. Now, (laughs) for our listeners, I've just got some copy here that I printed off from the website just to level set here what this is. So Sneakertopia is a new, massive, interactive sneaker experience. Sneakertopia will transport us through a series of immersive, mind-blowing galleries celebrating the art and culture of sneakers, a story of creativity, expression, and innovation. Uh, We're going to go into a 15,000-square-foot indoor playground packed with rare kicks, oversized sights and sounds, and interactive street art masterpieces. Mm -hmm. It's part art, pop-up art gallery, 
uh, obviously uh, a part insanely huge sneaker closet. Uh, <laughs> here we're going to get close to dozens of the most infamous and famous sneakers ever released while capturing timeless memories that we can share with our friends and family. Yeah, so this sort of falls into, I think, a, a larger trend, right? That's mm-hmm. happening in terms of these immersive pop-up uh, museums and, and art experiences. Right. Uh, whether it's the uh, you know ice cream museum or Meow Wolf or, you know, name your name yeah. your pop-up. Right. But this, to me, actually sounds like a cool one. <laughs> I mean, Meow Wolf sounds dope. Yeah. But, you know, like uh, Ice Cream Museum, I never, you know, seemed no. to get very excited about. I yeah. didn't go to it. Maybe it was amazing. <laughs> but I'm going to this one. Sneakertopia sounds super dope. Tell me about it. Yeah, man. One of those things uh, that you're talking about is that, you know, there's always this cheesy factor, right? About a lot of these pop-ups, I think. Yeah. And um, that's always been a turnoff for me with any of these pop-ups that I see happen around around the city or whatever. So when I got approached to do this, that was my first like, oh shit, what are they talking about? You yeah. know, let's make sure this is this is legit, you know? But absolutely, it's gonna be a really cool event. And I'll tell you the difference between this one and any other that I've been to or seen or whatever, is that they're working with all like legitimate artists, you know? It's not some random you know, studio artists mimicking street art or or some Hollywood guy building the set, you know. It really is authentic uh, graffiti artists, street artists, you know, people who are in the culture, especially in the sneaker culture, who are creating stuff specifically for this event. So it's authentic, you know. It's not your your little bullshit, you know, wannabe thing. It's, it's the real deal, you know. And... Um, so as soon as I got asked uh, to be part of it, I was like, fuck yeah, I want to be down, you know? So, you know, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of the, of, the, of the details about what I'm doing, but I was approached um, by Justin, Justin Fredericks, who's like the curator for this. Um, Shout out Justin. Yeah, and so he, um, he also runs, um, or is part of, um, well, he does a couple of different things, but, you know, when, when, he, when he asked me about, being part of this, you know, he's he's the co-founder of um, what is it, Art X Company, Art Art X C O. I don't even know how you say that, but like Art Times Company, I guess. Okay. I don't know how you say. It. I never asked him, but it's. But what he do also they does do? uh, street art. He also has Street Art House, which is on Instagram. Mm. So you know what I, and I I've known a little bit about Street Art House, but you know I guess the way it all came together was you know he kind of curates events and. And things for different clients and brings you know muralists and graffiti artists to to clients or whatever and does a lot of client work i guess but also he has a background in um the tech world you know so there's a connection with that so just not to not to interrupt but yeah. i just if this is uh his company art x CEO. company mm-hmm. the art x company operates at the intersection of arts and access we enable access to the arts via audience development strategies, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. That's so, enough. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure we should have him on here at some point yeah, to for sure. speak more because he seems to have a really cool connection with a lot of different artists and people in, in different segments of... Young guy, old guy. Who, young guy. Young yeah. guy. Really, really cool. Really, um, actually, really good to work with. 
Wow. That's um, nice. It's nice because, you know, he's been so like just chill about everything. Like nothing's a problem. You know, let's handle it. You know, super like efficient. And um, it's just been very nice working with someone who's professional and gets it and is not stressed out. And he has a lot to be stressed out about. <laughs> <laughs> right because this is like a big undertaking I right mean, calm calm uh under pressure calm under pressure kind of yeah. dude i mean so you know i showed up to the venue several months ago when i got invited and and we had a walkthrough and i was i was the one freaking out i'm like looking at this huge space that was under construction literally under construction you know like there was there was walls walls weren't even up yet electricity wasn't even running yet and we're several months out from this huge event. Where's the warehouse? What location? Well, it's not a warehouse. It's the location. It's called HHLA, which is on Center Drive, um, which is, it used to be called uh, the Promenade at Howard Hughes. So if you know, if you're familiar with where the Univision headquarters are off the 405, kind of on the other side of the Fox Hills Mall. Yeah, right. Kind of on the other side of the freeway. So, so um, what is that? Is that Playa del Rey or something area? God, what would it be? I think it would be... Um, it's out by LAX a little bit, right? Yeah, but is it Culver City maybe still? Yeah, maybe Culver um, City. I don't know exactly what area it is, to be okay. honest, because it's right in that little pocket where mm -hmm. it it could be Westchester. It could be... Right, right, right. right. <laughs> okay, know. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's LA, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but but basically, like, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that mall that's right next to Univision yeah. uh, headquarters. And they're like redoing the entire, yeah. uh, they're rebranding actually, they're rebranding the whole plaza there. And um, this is like, they're taking over one of the big spaces inside there to to do this pop-up, you know? And it's gonna run for like, how many months? Several months, it's gonna run like, well, it opens October 25th, that's the opening. And it's gonna run several months. I think, I, I wanna say through January or something like that, mm -hmm. but, um, Anyways, it's going to be um, pretty cool because it's not like some warehouse off the beaten path. It's not like a one-day pop-up. It's, you know, it's it's a big event and a big space, you know, within a mall, basically. Yeah. And it's going to have a lot of foot traffic. Right. It's going to be open for, like, parties or yeah. special events. So, you know, I'm sure people are going to want to have their parties there and rent it out. Uh, for special engagements or whatever, because it's just going to be a cool backdrop, you know? So anyways, I guess, you know, right, I'm still working on some of the, the artwork right now, but I'll try to give you a little bit of what I'm what I'm contributing. Now, but before yeah. we get into this, though, do we know, I mean, you're probably under NDA, you probably can't talk too much about it, but it'd be curious, I'm curious to know who's behind this. I mean, this doesn't sound like anything that a specific brand could be behind. If right. you're really trying to do justice to the history of sneaker culture, right. this can't be sponsored by Nike no. necessarily, no. right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, do we have any clue who's who's funding this, who's who's behind this? I think that's a better question for Justin. Sure, yeah. Let him talk about that when, when he comes yeah. on here, Yeah. if he's able to come on here. Because... Um, to be honest, I don't even know. Yeah, right. You know, right. and I think that's part of it is just trying to keep the artists well, away from the. Yeah, and it should know. be agnostic too, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's not. It's it's about sneaker culture. Yeah. So it's definitely not one brand right. that we're working with. And to be honest, I don't even know if he's working with any brands because, like I said, it's more about the culture. So you know, I know he has uh, uh, the the founders of this concept 
I think are just two guys who are really into the culture yeah, and, right? and know people. And it could be dealers. I mean, you know, like this is like a great <laughs> concept. If you're a seller yeah. or a collector, like this is a great thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I can't wait to meet the founders cause <laughs> I don't even yeah. know who they are yet. I haven't met them. I'm sure they'll be there at opening night, but you know what I really, and en- en- what I really enjoy about being part of this is that, you know, the lineup of all the other artists. And unfortunately I don't, I don't have the list of all the artists and there's a partial list maybe online, but you know, there's, um, I'll know, try to find it while, while you're talking. I know there's artists like, um, like never is a part of it. I know artists like uh, a freehand profit. Um, I know like who else is going to be part of it. There's like, well, yeah, there's, there's like a big list somewhere. Yeah. That I, should I have saw pulled the list before. actually in the run up to our. Yeah. James Hunt is yeah. part of it. Uh, Adam Fu is part of it. Mm-hmm. So anyways, there's a, a lot of artists. Yeah. And they're all artists who in one way or another uh, create art dealing with sneaker culture, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's really exciting to be, you know, in, 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 inside this giant playground, so to speak, of sneaker culture. And, in, and it's going to be shown through the lenses of different artists, but also different parts of the culture, right? So when you think of sneaker culture, there's different, there's different um, points of entry, right? Mm-hmm. So you may be an athlete and you're into sneakers. You may be an art collector and you're into sneakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may be into music, and that's your way in sneaker culture. And so this pop-up kind of explores all that. It explores all these different touch points dealing with sneaker culture. Mm-hmm. You know, film and movies and uh, music and all that. So it's pretty cool. So anyways, my specific... Um, I'm not going to give you all the details and come on, give me all the details. No, no, don't no. be, don't be that way. Come I'm going to hold out. Good dick. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm doing a, f- a few different things. I'm doing uh, some multimedia pieces, meaning they're going to be uh, projections involved. Uh, meaning there's going to be some uh, physical murals involved, also some digital murals. And I'm, I will say that I'm doing the music section, you know, so I'm doing some of the musicians past and present who have, you know, made some kind of, uh, advancement to sneaker culture or have made an impact on sneaker culture. And it's kind of funny because there are people that maybe I'm not a fan of just musically, Mm -hmm. right. But I have to, I have to, you know, take my hat off to their to what they've done for sneaker culture, yeah, you know? And so I'm approaching it with that kind of point of view. Sure. You know, but I'm also being being able to uh, portray some of my heroes, you know, like Run DMC and things like that in, in my work. So it's gonna be pretty cool because it's like, I never would have really painted these artists in this fashion for any other project, you know? I've done a lot of sneaker culture, Sneaker culture, <laughs> sneaker art yeah. murals, yeah. right? Um, I've done a lot of sneaker art paintings, yeah. but they're usually with my own spin, yeah. um, and they're usually not about celebrities, or they're usually not about uh, specific people, right? It's more about the kicks. But this one is going to be like I'm tying in the kicks, you know, with the musicians, and uh, it's fun. It's actually like a fun project like <laughs> like i'm enjoying doing it and creating it 
but it's but it's also uh, not something that I'm used to doing, uh, in the sense that I'm doing like things outside of uh, what I normally do. Normally, I just paint, right? Mm-hmm. Here, I'm painting, you know, some murals, but then I'm also doing like some a lot of digital work, mm-hmm. some motion graphics. I'm working with Syndrome Studio. Shout out Syndrome and. Um, it's like hella fun, you know, it's like, uh, especially working with them, you know, I've known Syndrome Studio forever and we've been friends for such a long time and- um, Shout out Mars and Mike. Yeah, I got to, you know, bring them in on this project just because I also wanted to kind of uh, show my art in a different way and the opportunity arose in this project. And um, so anyway, so I'm excited about that. Um, you know, what's also interesting is that we're going to be able to turn a lot of the art that's being featured um, into merchandise that's going to be available at the pop-up show itself. So you'll be able to buy socks or limited edition prints, you know, uh, just different types of, of merch that will all be art that's created for the event. Yeah. Um, and even some art that's that was created outside of the event but has to deal with you know sneaker culture or whatever you know i have like i said i have other paintings that i've done and stuff like that so i'm kind of repurpose repurposing some of that work and doing some limited editions and some stickers and some other kinds of merch so it's gonna be like so much fun you know like so i'm just i'm just excited to see what everyone comes up with i've already seen some of the work that's being up being put up now as we get closer to the event, more installations are coming in and more of the art's coming in. And it's some mind-blowing stuff, some very, you know, fresh-looking stuff, and just a lot of fun. So I'm going to encourage everyone to come out and um, check out the show, you know, give me some feedback. <laughs> so what was the brief that you got? I mean, when they when they called you, reached out to you, and said, yo, you know, we've got this uh, project and we want you to be a part of it, you know, and you got stoked about it. Yeah. What what was the brief? What what was the the ask? Well, it, it was, I think it was um, fairly simple. It was like, we've seen the work you've done on large scale, on a large scale with, you know, the large sneakers that I do. And they're like, we want that. <laughs> right. We want some oversized you know, sneakers done in your style. They want dope shit. And um, and we love your portraits and the way you do the colorful portrait style. Mm-hmm. Can you do something with turning, you know, hip hop legends into these oversized, gigantic, you know, characters, right? And uh, in, in my style. Right. And I was like, I've never done that. I've never... <laughs> You know, I usually keep the portraits separate from the sneaker stuff. Yeah. And never try to like merge those two things together. But I was like, hey, that's that's great. You know, it's, it's they love two things that I do and they want me to merge them yeah. and create a third thing. So why not? You know, they're not asking me to create someone else's work. They're not interested in in their own uh, you know, the style of what they want me to, you know, to turn into or whatever. They like genuinely like my work Mm -hmm. and are asking me to explore my own work in a a different way yeah so i was like yeah what (laughs) sounds like a pretty killer uh artistic opportunity yeah and it was like um it was i think it's one of those projects where you know sometimes you just get a call an email and then you speak to the to the person and then you realize right away that they get it you know Right. right and what they're asking you to do 
is like exactly what you would be doing anyways or it's or it's something that you'd want to do but ha didn't have the time to do it or something the only thing left is like okay how, how much are you gonna pay me <laughs> yeah right talk budget let's yeah. talk budget and you know what we um they're very fair with the with with the with the budget very fair well that's rare yeah it was like you know we it was one of those things where they're like well how much should this cost you know and i said well you know i think it should cost x and then they were like came back to me like okay that sounds cool we'll get back to you but you know we love where this is going blah blah they got back to me a few days later they were like okay this is what we have and this is the scope of work are you down i'm like yes i'll pick up a check tomorrow yeah i mean it was that simple you know obviously we had a contract and all this other stuff but but it was very like straightforward no bullshit like you know i love working with people like justin who are professionals in what they do and they know what they want and they're not bullshitting they're not wasting your time and they respect what you do <clears throat> they and they want you f to do what you do totally and you uh, know what to that point that's another thing i really like about this project is that when i saw the the, the agreement that i have yeah with them you know they're hiring me to produce art for something that they're curating right so in essence they're the middleman right because the founders of this event right are yeah. hiring them to do this right and in the the way the contract was worded it was 100 percent respecting the artist and 100 percent taking care of the artist so there's nothing in there that looks shady you know it was all up front it was like artwork created for the shop you know this is the split boom 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 you know right artwork sold at the event this is the split boom boom you know very fair very um upfront and transparent and that is highly highly unusual yeah i was gonna say don't get used to it <laughs> and you know it's a breath of fresh air that like you know someone's coming at me this way yeah um because i usually get such shady people and i'm talking about working with big big companies yeah you know and sometimes it's not even just shady sometimes it's just like they're not trying to be shady maybe but they're ignorant they're ignorant about the whole process or they don't want to be transparent you right, know right. so they're not really lying to you but they're not being transparent either yeah you know so i really appreciate working with people like this who are just like here's the deal it's black and white you know this is what we'll compensate you for this is what we we expect and let's make this happen and um yeah it's been great you know and it's um i guess i've been on this project now a couple months and you know we're getting we're getting close to to being there but i'm having a lot of fun well you know while you were talking i was just googling uh some numbers here and i mean it won't be surprising but it's nice to clarify just how big right th this market is like financially oh yeah right yeah so according to this article that ran in the la times a while back the sneaker industry worldwide yeah. Yeah. is a 100 billion dollar industry right so like yeah. that's you know now that's up i guess that was in 2019 okay but in 2016 it was 55 billion oh shit so it's growing <laughs> like off the charts right yeah, right but get this the recent the global reseller market yeah right right which really gets into the the other kind of aspect of the collecting and right. what have you 
they're saying, well, nobody really knows. Yeah, of course. Exactly. But they're estimating at the low end, the reseller market is a billion dollar industry at the high end, a $3 billion industry. There you go. I mean, that's a lot of fucking shoes, man. Yeah. That's a lot <laughs> that's of shoes. A lot, that's a lot of tennies. You know, the other day I was watching this TV show and I forgot who the guy was. He was some professional athlete and he's a sneakerhead. Yeah. He had, like, he went into this room, you know, the size of this room, and all four walls were stacks of of sneakers, right? right. Stacks. And right. they were they were in the original shoe boxes. So you yeah. had Adidas and Puma and Nike and everything else, right? And then there were certain shoes he had, like, multiples of. Like right. the same fucking shoe. Yeah. Like, he had 10 pairs of this fucking Jordan. Right. All right, the same one, <laughs> same color. Yeah, same colorway. Then he had these glass cases in the room, and he had all these, you know, his favorite ones or whatever. And then he opened his closet, and his whole closet was full, right? And then he walked into the room adjacent to that, and there was another room full with a walk-in closet full of all his sneakers that he actually wears. Because the other ones, I don't think he wears them because they're in the boxes. He doesn't even know what the hell's in them. Then he's got this walk-in closet full of sneakers. Right? Then he walks out of that closet, and there's a there's a desk, a huge desk, and underneath the desk, shoved underneath the desk, are tons more okay. of sneakers. Are you right? sure this wasn't an episode of Hoarders? Because this, this and is my off the point, chart. my yeah. point is, I understand sneakerheads, I understand collecting, but yeah. how much is too much, dude? Come on. Like, th- there's got to be a point. Like, like, that's too fucking much, dude. Well, okay, look. So I think giving, it's too much. Giving, giving this guy the benefit of the doubt. I mean, let's just imagine he knew that some of these sneaks were limited edition. So, they were only going to make X number of pair. Yeah. And they were a hot ticket, you know. So, you might scoop up, you know, multiple pairs because, you know, they're going to go up in value, <laughs> what have you. Now, what's that little axiom they say in the culture? It's like... You buy three pairs, you buy yeah. one to rock, one to stock, and one to flip or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Something I forget like that. now right. what it was. But but yeah, I mean, so okay, three. I felt three, yeah. I felt like three was a lot, you know. Uh <laughs> but, this, but here's the thing. This guy, he's he's a millionaire. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. professional well, he athlete. Better be. <laughs> he's <laughs> a professional he's, athlete. Yeah. He's not gonna sell these kicks. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not on the fucking market yeah. to sell these, right? He's just hoarding, dude. Well, have he's you just ever, being a bitch. He's just you, fucking hoarding them so no one else can get them. Have you ever seen the opening or <laughs> see the show Ballers on HBO? So like yeah, yeah and they, the opening sequence of ballers, right? <clears> they show like right. that one scene where old boy's in his closet and he's showing you these fucking kicks that are you know they're like you know yeah ten thousand buck you know custom you know design sneakers you know and and you know maybe maybe i'm old school that's the problem oh, you're old school all right maybe you're maybe, old school i'm just old maybe because <laughs> when i was growing up you bought a pair of sneakers yeah and you wore them until they fucking had holes in them Fuck and, yeah. you, and they fucking yeah. started you know flapping their gums dude i remember when when aaron jarvis in in third grade rocked these nikes they were like thirty dollars yeah and we thought right holy Holy shit shit, thirty (laughs) dollars for a pair of sneakers right like i don't even remember what kind of sneakers i was wearing at the time yeah you know if it was it wasn't nike but it was some yeah like oh look 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 what i'm wearing see what i'm wearing oh feelers yeah Got my Fila gear. They look fresh. They look brand new. 
they're pretty right this is like the third time i've rocked them okay yeah they look fresh these were like 30 bucks yeah right 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 these were like marshall's yeah. 30 bucks yeah. dude i love going to marshall's and ross yeah because i'm a size 13 mm. right so when i go to most you know typical uh shoe places you yeah. know they don't have 13s or that specific style is not available in 13 or whatever. Yeah. But then I go to Ross and Marshall's and dude, there's a whole fucking section of 13s. That's so interesting. Because they all end up there. They all end up there. And dude, like, you know, like cool shit like this. Fuck yeah. You know? I mean, retail, those were easily what? I don't know. Probably 100, 100. I don't know. Maybe like, 100, maybe like 100 bucks, but yeah. I get them for 30 bucks because I'm a 13. Because okay, well, you're smart. And that's where I shop. <laughs> Because you're a big man. <coughs> exactly. Um, but anyways, yeah. you know, the whole thing was that growing up and okay. So, you know why I got these filas? Mm. I don't really think these are great looking or whatever. But because when I was in seventh grade and I used to break dance, I fucking wore fila gear. I had a, I had a leather fila hat to match. You fucking B-boy. It was a white fila hat, leather of course. And uh, we used to fucking breakdance with that shit. And that's why I got them, because it reminds me of breakdancing. Did you get that at the, uh, <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the swap meet? Where, 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 the feel of leather, feel of hat. Yeah, probably. I probably got it for like 10 bucks at yeah, the swap meet. Yeah. But, you know, that was the shit, right? Like back then, you know, and fucking fresh. I, had, I had a fila sweater that I used to wear all the time. So that was my outfit. It was like a fila, white fila sweater with the, with the white fila cap with my fila gear All right you know and um that's what i used to break dance in so since i can't break dance anymore i just wear the sneakers Wait, what you can't break dance anymore <laughs> shit I, I want to see that i want to see you try you know who else wants to see me break dance who my wife oh of course shout she, out she, laura she gets mad because she says you know that all these years of us being together she's never seen my moves and i said and you never will by the way, this is a fun concept for like a, uh, uh, some sort of like party show where you get all these like like break dancers from back in the day who haven't danced in like 30 years and, and you get them on the stage and ask them to try to do it and see who fucking, you know, breaks their neck. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I used to b-boying was my way into hip hop. Okay. You know, so like in sixth grade, when I started getting into hip hop, it was because of b-boying mm -hmm. and it was we didn't even call it hip-hop back then we used right. to call it breakdance music yeah you know oh there's some breakdance music <laughs> and uh we used to listen to katie when, KDY. when did that phrase hip-hop culture come to be i, I mean i don't know part I, of the I, parlance i don't know I, I think it's been around yeah since the beginning right but i think uh maybe new york used it more you know i i i, I don't even know i'm not an, yeah. i'm an expert in that shit but i know that that um we used to call it breakdancing music. And then I know that we used to call it rap music after that. Yeah. You know? And then at some point, it just became hip hop. But, you know, that was my way into the hip hop world. Like, I wanted to be a B-boy. You know, I used to do my little routines and, and breakdance and battle and all that shit. And um, eventually, I got to the point where, you know, doing it for a few years, like two years maybe, just with friends and stuff. I wasn't in like, I wasn't in like a major crew or anything like that. I was just doing it like solo and with my friends and, and at the, at the eighth grade dance, we'd break dance against each other, you know, shit like that. So, um, you know, I got to the point where I sucked. <laughs> I realized I'm never going to be a good B-boy, you know, cause I see these guys do crazy head spins and you know, all these windmills and shit. And I, yeah, I, you're like, I quit. 
<laughs> I did. I got to the point where I'm like, you know, I like popping and I like, you know, uh, doing some moves, or whatever. But, you know, when you hit the ground, I wasn't that great on the ground. <laughs> My groundwork was weak, you know. <laughs> Your ground game was My weak. My ground game, you know. So, um, so anyways, it, it was just fun. And then after that, I was like, yeah, fuck this. I want to be a DJ. Yeah. You know, and then I sucked at that. And then eventually, luckily, I found graffiti. <laughs> so my son, uh, yeah. one of his favorite books uh, to read is it's uh, it's the ABCs for little G's. Oh, okay? wow. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's all of the alphabet. Right. I've seen but this. But every letter uh -huh. is, is a name of a sneaker brand. Right. Nice. A, B, C, D. And it's so funny because now we've read it so many times. Yeah. He knows all he knows. the brands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Welcome to uh, Capitalism 101. Oh, yeah. We brainwash them early. <laughs> so to what extent, I mean, we've talked about, you know, music vis-a-vis uh, -vis and breakdancing vis-a-vis hip-hop culture and sneaker culture. Like, what's your sense of, of how Sneakertopia is going to be bringing... Uh, music and dance into the exhibit well i think it's i think it's you know one of those projects that's going to let you see a slice of the different subcultures from around the world but obviously especially from la that maybe you never thought were connected right okay so for example there's a section about like skateboarding and vans and stuff like that which mm -hmm. is a total la thing right right sure but it's gone worldwide and then right next to you know the next area where you know like for example where i'm doing you know things related to music and um so i think it's just about giving like a little sliver of different subcultures and how they deal with with sneaker culture and letting people know like hey this is like a huge movement it's a it's a it's bigger than sometimes people think you know you know because if you think about i don't know 10 years ago 15 years ago whatever about sneaker art there really wasn't a lot of things in that kind of genre and if you think about it now i mean there's there's artists who only do sneaker work you know yeah there's artists who only do paintings about sneakers there's artists who only create stuff with sneakers there's brands that are working directly with artists, right? To create limited editions and things like that. So it's grown to be its own thing, um, which is, I think is what it's what's in interesting to me about this Sneakertopia concept. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's kind of like when graffiti used to be part of hip hop, right? And it was like, oh, it's one of the elements. But then graffiti got so big that you realize, oh no, graffiti, it's like his own thing, right? And then you realize like there's punk heads you know, doing graffiti and there's rockers and there's hip hoppers and there's uh, people from all over the world doing doing graffiti, then you realize, wow, this is like a really big thing in in and of itself. And I think this is what Sneakertopia is trying to convey mm -hmm. is this like, dude, check this out. It's like a big, it's on a big scale. Yeah. It's not just happening in a microcosm. It's not just happening in hip hop. It's happening like, like you know, on a global scale. Right. And this is just a little slice of it. And, um, you know, the thing about it, it's going to travel. So the show's going to travel to different cities. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's going to be interesting, right? Because every, if you think about it, every city, at least every major city, has different styles of kicks that they wear. 
of color schemes, you know, whatever. So like, if you think of New York and LA, right? Like, just think of, I just mentioned vans, right? Like people in New York didn't grow up wearing vans. Right. <laughs> not, not, well, not that I knew of, right? Well, let me, let me make it personal, right? Yeah. So I grew up outside Chicago. Right. And I became familiar with vans after seeing Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Right, yeah. You yeah. know, and then I was a bit of a BMXer, so getting BMX Action Magazine or whatever, and you'd see vans like, you know, but it was all Southern California thing. We couldn't even yeah. get them in Chicago. I think finally the summer of like 83, 84, right. uh, they popped up in the mall right. and I was like all over it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then like, you know, for, and for example, you know, New York, I remember, you know, because of hip hop, you'd see all these guys wearing Tim's. Right, right. right. And like, you didn't wear Tim's in LA. No. You know? And it's funny. I wonder what Tim's is like, because, you know, Timberlands aren't sneakers. Right. 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 They're like a work boot, whatever. But they're almost in the same kind of genre, you know, I think as sneakers. Like the foot gear thing. Yeah. You know, like a, like it's like part of the outfit of a a hip hopper, you know, or whatever. So I don't know. That's kind of well, a, because a weird that, but thing. that gets to the fashionability of it, right? So right. like the style aspects, because I mean, sneaker culture, you know, this is a broad statement that's probably not, you know, totally true. But it it strikes me that sneaker culture is way more about, you know, making a fashion statement than it is right. being like uh, having a utility on the court. I mean, sure, Jordans have mm-hmm. utility on the court, right? And and Jordans are a part of sneaker culture, no doubt. Yeah. But it feels like sneakers that people like to rock as a fashion statement. That's not about utility. It's about it's about fashion. It's about style, right? Well, yeah, it is about style. But then, like you know, talking about Vans, right? Go back to Vans. Mm. You know, if it wasn't for like Steve Caballero, Tony Hawk, or whoever these guys were, mm-hmm. you know, rocking them in the videos. Um, I mean, you know, Cab in the the. Right. The actually, you know, he actually he actually has a Vans product called the, the cab, right? Everyone, yeah. he made the 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 mid top, yeah, Vans thing um, popular, right? And it's named after him. So, like, if people wouldn't have seen that or been into skate culture, yeah. they would have never been exposed to that. Well, but what's interesting about that? Again, I'm speaking as kind of an outsider neophyte, but you know, when I think about Vans, Vans were this interesting were developed out of this interesting need, right? So you had skateboard culture and skateboarders mm-hmm. that needed a certain kind of shoe. Mm-hmm. So Vans created a shoe specifically designed for that sport. So the the utility was was designed and it was inherent, right, to the Vans brand, to the Vans shoe. Mm-hmm. Then they layer in the funky graphics whether it's like the yeah, checkerboard exactly, or whatever yeah. then you have this fusion of like form and function right or you know design and function right and i wonder to what extent you know brands like adidas or nike or whatever were inspired by vans to say oh no and it can and it can be fresh and dope too with colorways or yeah. graphics it doesn't just have to be super uh technical or whatever and also to to further add to your point, which I think is right on, canv- uh, the vans were made out of canvas material. So you would get the the blank ones, and you would get a sharpie, 
and fucking add your own shit to it. Right, right. Right. So now you were customizing your own vans. Yeah. Right. Right. This is this is like in the seventies before right. any of this shit was happening. So is what we're saying that vans was really like the they were ahead of their time in, this, yeah, in, in yeah. a lot a lot of aspects. Yeah. Um. And, and I remember in high school, I would wear the 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 black and white checkered mm-hmm. high top vans. Mm-hmm. Right. As, actually, especially when I was into break dancing, like so around eighth, eighth grade or so. I remember I had those vans. I had to have them, the black and white checkered, right? Yeah. And the rocker kids in my class also had fucking vans, you know? It was just interesting because you had these two completely different subcultures, right, of hip-hop and, and punk or or metal or whatever. <laughs> and we were, we, were, we were wearing the same shoes, you know? It was like we were wearing the same shoes. And it meant two completely different things to us. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, for for hip for graffiti or I mean for, not for graffiti for hip hop and b boying. You know, it was about the the sneaker and the style and the fashion. And then for the the rockers, it was about you know they could get black shoes and and or white and you know it went with their their jeans or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they could write the name of their favorite band on there. Or, you know, do their fucking Ozzy Osbourne thing on on the on their Van fans. Halen logo. <laughs> Van Halen. <laughs> and so it was just funny that it, it kind of was cross culture. Yeah. But you know, but obviously that's that's a precursor to, you know, obviously I think what what changed the whole game was the Jordans, right? Like yep. after Jordans, yep. that's when everything changed. I think. No, for sure. And which right. is also in within Sneakertopia, there's there's also an aspect of sports and yeah. how sports has changed the game for sneakerheads and all that. And um, so, yeah, so, I mean, I think it's, it's a fun, it's a fun event that's going to be put on. It's going to be like, obviously you're going to be able to take selfies galore inside this place, but you're going to also be able to see some, some private shoe collections, sneaker collections. Um, you're going to be able to uh, see some, cool cool art that you haven't seen before mm-hmm. buy some cool art mm-hmm. uh walk away with some merch so i think it's in general it's like it's a really nice concept yeah and um you know it's it's been so far so good you know it's been it's been organized very well and um the artists are really bringing you know the their their best to the table and um yeah i'm just excited about it it's like it's like cool you know i never thought i'd you know See the day when so this you would happen. Well, you can't talk about Air Jordans, right, without talking about Tinker Hatfield, right? And yeah. so, like, do you get a sense of, like, are they going to be celebrating, like, individual designers who really push the culture forward like Tinker? Or yeah. do, you, do you do you get a sense of that? Is Are they going to, you know, showcase individuals? I think I think it's, um, and, you know, I haven't seen the entire exhibit yet, right? Because I haven't seen everything that's, that's going to be up or whatever. But I think it's it's this whole event is really being pushed through the visuals created by the artists. So it's more about the artists that are uh, creating the space for this to happen. And I'm you know I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some kind of you know timeline or or some kind of explanation of the culture and and the different players. I'm sure that that'll be part of it. But I think it's being re- the the focus is really a visual um, mm. experience, you know, uh, being driven by the artists. And so, you know, like I said, I haven't seen the whole thing yet. Like I'm just I'm just focusing on my section right <laughs> yeah, now. Get your shit done. Yeah, I'm trying to get my shit done before I start. <laughs> I'm you know. asking you about a bunch of other shit. You're like, dude, I got to just do my shit. 
So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I don't know. It's like, I'm uh, stoked about it, man. I, yeah. I, you know, like I said, you know, I, you know, I heard about the ice cream museum. I rolled my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I did not roll my eyes when I heard about Meow Wolf. I can't wait to get out to check that out. I yeah. was supposed to get out there a few months ago to, and see our boy, uh, Max Neutra, who's working for them now. Oh, yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, we, yeah, we had to change up. But, but yeah, and then there, there, there's just this trend now of these pop-ups and mm-hmm. some of them feel kind of opportunistic yeah you know kind yeah. of uh, trite and superficial in some ways but this to me from the day i heard about it yeah just felt like a super obvious but really smart right important uh, effort yeah and i think uh, i think there's been some other museums that have done things with like hip-hop culture yeah and then they'll have a section on sneaker culture yeah and I know there's other exhibitions that have come up dealing with sneaker culture and stuff like that. So it's not, I know it's not the first, but it is pretty big. <laughs> I mean, it's a massive space yeah. where this is going on. And I think it's just going to be immersive. It's going to be um, just fun. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where I, I could see this, you know, not not just traveling as a, as a, you know, as a pop-up, I think it could be part of an exhibition. I think it could, I think right. this could be like an own, its own museum ex- yeah. exhibition somewhere, you know, because of the quality of artists, because of the scale of it, you know. Well, it feels like, I mean, I haven't been there yet, but yeah. the uh, African-American Museum in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. which is supposed to be yeah. off the fucking charts incredible. Yeah, I haven't been there either, right? but I can't wait to um, see it. You know, it feels like, you know, hip hop culture should have its own, you know, wing. Yeah. Right. 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 In the African-American museum. Mm -hmm. And in that wing, right, you'd have what the four pillars of hip hop, right? You'd have to. And then sneakers would be woven into that, you know, on some level. Probably. Yeah. I mean, there's a great documentary uh, called I think it's called Sneakerheads. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Netflix, uh, among other places. I saw it, I think, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it's fucking great. I right. encourage everybody to watch it. It certainly, for me, was a kind of a window into the frenzy, <laughs> you know, uh, the fanaticism. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, these are, yeah. are, you know, fanatical about this yeah, shit. Totally. Which is gets to the culture part, right? Yeah. And so it was super uh, insightful to you know a dude like me who you know can appreciate the culture but i'm just like not a part of it you know i'm too fucking old you know (laughs) i got my i gotta pay for my kids college (laughs) you know i'm not sneakers but um but it was super fascinating right Right. just because the the, the culture and then the the secondary markets and Mm -hmm. you know and all that stuff and the money and and you go into kids homes and they're just stacked and stacked and stacked <laughs> with boxes um so then right. that's one really great documentary i would recommend yeah and then there's another one called um i think it's called fresh hmm. and it's all about fashion mm-hmm. in hip-hop and how for so many years it was right. just all about being fresh you know and yep. like what being fresh meant in terms right. of your style and your fashion and your clothes and sneakers were a huge part of that of being fresh and you know another thing about sneakers and this whole culture right is that again it's something that started on the streets right you know it was the kids who couldn't afford yeah right <laughs> like the cool shit or the expensive shit. Right. The big brands. Yeah. Right. But they made they they made stuff. Yeah. Customized things yeah. and made kicks, elevated their own shit to make themselves yep. look fresh. Yeah. You know? And so that's the other important part of, part of this. Just like hip hop, 
it's something that started yep started on the on the streets and worked its way up you know and now it like it, it's a what what how many billions of dollars is it worth now <laughs> Right, for sure. Well, and you know, <laughs> it's, and it's crazy. such a like a personal example of this. I mean, I was such a dumbass white kid that you know when hip hop came out, when when when, well, we we all got M- MTV, right? Yeah. And MTV initially was just all rock bands, basically, you know. Yeah. And then eventually, like, uh, oh shit, what was the hip hop show that came out on MTV? Yo, MTV raps. Yo, MTV raps. Yeah, of course. And that came out, and I thought, well, oh, this is cool, uh-huh. but it's a fad. Right. Right. And of course, how fucking wrong I was, because of course, it wasn't a fad, it was a culture. And right. I was getting a glimpse of this whole world yep. that existed that I had no no knowledge of being yep. a suburban white kid. Right. Um, and uh, and then that all but that whole culture was invented because uh, being disenfranchised yeah. uh, community. Right. And they're like, fuck it. We'll make our own fun. We'll make our own reality. We'll make our own. Uh, we have our own culture. We don't need your shit. Yep. You know, and. Yeah. 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 And I mean, there's so many, like, you know, one of the things that I'm being, you know, being part of this, this event is that, um, I'm doing, you know, one of the, one of the murals I'm doing is related to run DMC. Right. And, um, obviously, you know, my Adidas, right. Like, yeah. I mean, the fact that someone wrote a song, right. right? That was epic. It was epic. It was like, who, who, who would have wrote it? Dude, that was, I think one of the first brand drops like like yeah, like in terms yeah. of like advertising right. or branded content or whatever we call it right. now like that was the, the original i mean there, there was like other drops right people had said like um you know had, had named gucci or had yeah. named other brands in songs you know fila whatever but they named them in, in within their lyrics or within but this song was about adidas yeah <laughs> it was like right. my adidas you know <laughs> and it was like the first time that i ever heard a fucking song about a shoe yeah you know and um as the story goes right that they're they they uh they reached i guess uh, their manager would have reached out to the guy from adidas and um adidas had no clue that that run dmc was like you know you know fucking promoting their brand right. on such a large scale and they they went to their show at the Madison Square Garden, and all of a sudden, you know, fucking, uh, you know, Run DMC asked the crowd to to put their put their Adidas up in the air, and everyone takes off their shoes, and they're all wearing, you know, fucking shell toes and stuff. And at that moment, you know, they got they got the 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 official Adidas endorsement, well, right? It's well. like wow, <laughs> you know, have that kind of power. power to the people. And so I remember in the eighties late 80s like 88 89 i had a friend who was a graffiti writer and um he used to just that was that was his thing he would just resell shell toes you know adidas shell toes mm-hmm. and um he would go out of state and go to like new mexico <laughs> arizona whatever and he would get shell toes for like 18 dollars, 20 dollars, right mm-hmm. and he'd come back to la and he'd flip them for like 100 bucks because <laughs> you couldn't get them here in la because they were always sold out right, right. And so, uh, you know, even back then, people knew what was going on, you know. But it's it's such a crazy thing that to know that, like, the you know, and then and then you know they were wearing the Adidas with no no laces, right? And then right, and then after the you know the fat laces, and then yeah, you yeah. know, it just it, it's just a trip to see um, this this stuff that I grew up, you know, um, uh, that I grew up in, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and not really 
paying attention. I wasn't paying attention to the point where like, oh shit, you know, this is like a new thing. Oh damn, like this is this. Yeah. I, I should pay attention. No, it was just part of growing up and yeah. being part of hip hop and being yeah. part of the culture. And it's like air. You're just breathing. Yeah, it. you were just yeah. part of it. Yeah. And, then, and then now, you know, thirty years later, you look back like, oh damn, I wish I would have kept the, that pair of like my my first jordans i don't why i should have just kept them <laughs> i didn't know i didn't know a pair of jordans going to be worth money I, I mean, how could you right right so like even after I, they didn't fit me no more instead of throwing them in the trash i could have kept them and imagine right now if you went to my studio and there was a night you know my my <laughs> pair of Jordan, my first pair of, of, of black and red jordans you know yeah anyways but it's just it's it's cool to see that it's kind of gone full circle now, right? And mm. it's like now it's such a huge industry, such a huge thing, and well, it's across so many platforms. And that's the thing, right? I mean, you and I got to see this born, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, kids, you know, today, like they don't have a no. clue no. That, that that this was not always the way it was. Like, yeah. you know, like how revolutionary Michael Jordan was to this whole conversation, right? right? Yeah, that, that, that kids are like, oh, I'm going to go stand out outside of supreme for you know 20 hours until the new pair drops of whatever they're dropping you know yeah instead of like no i'm gonna go search for some fucking kicks uh you know out of state right (laughs) so i can bring them back and then i'm gonna look for some for some fat laces somewhere else and then i'm gonna do this to them and do that to them is a whole different thing it's 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 a different time i'm honestly trying to remember the the gym shoes that i wore like, you know, before Nike, like when I remember Aaron having those in third grade, like to me, that's when I noticed like a whole different world in terms of uh, gym shoes, what we call gym shoes at yeah. the time. Right. right. Uh, and I want to say, you know, I was probably wearing, I don't know, some maybe what would you have? You had Chuck Taylor Converse, you know, maybe yeah. I had that. Yeah. Um, yep. maybe I had some kids, K E D S shit, <laughs> yeah, you know kids. what I mean? Like I, you know, <laughs> pro, like, pro kids. Yeah. Pro kids. Right. You know, <laughs> maybe something from like Sears or JC Penney's, like whatever brands yeah. they had or yeah. something. Yeah. But like, you know, you know, like this is, you know, third grade. What, what is that for me? What, uh, 79 or some shit? 78. And even, even like, I remember wearing Vans as a kid, but not for style, you know, they were just cheap and affordable. Right. It, it, you know, I didn't get them for style until I was in, into hip hop. Yeah, and they had they came out with the black and white ones, right. the checkerboard. Right. That was like, oh shit, checker checkered. You know, that's the shit. So that's when I started wearing Vans at that age, but that was for style. But before that, it was just because they were cheap. You know, the first brand that I think I wore because of style mm. was Reebok. I think right. when the when the Reeboks came out, interesting. Yeah, right. When the Reeboks came out, you know, like if I look at them now, I'm like, damn, they're pretty gay. But <laughs> but you know, they were like. The high top with the not Velcro. that there's anything wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with it. It just <laughs> just doesn't 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 work for me anymore. <laughs> but I remember, you know, they were high top. Yeah, and and they had the Velcro and yeah, you know, and the so the fucking Velcro straps. The man. Velcro that, that, that was, was revolutionary. It was a revolutionary. <laughs> the fucking Velcro strap. And uh, I remember the first pair of Reeboks I ever got. And they got so dirty, like, you know, I was always an athlete, right? So yeah. I was playing baseball and soccer. Yeah. And you know, so when you're at school, you, you know, you walk in and you're wearing your fucking brand new kicks. Yep. Well, by the time the day's over, you know, you've been playing kickball, you've been doing right. all this fucking shit. Right. So I remember my first pair of Reeboks, because, you know, they were all white, right? They were the all white. Yeah. And so um, I remember, like, within, like, two weeks, 
they were just filthy. Like I couldn't even clean them anymore. Like <laughs> they looked horrible. Right. And I was so pissed because I was like, oh, my brand new Reeboks. I've only had them for two weeks and they're already all fucked up, right? Yeah. They weren't ripped or anything. They were just completely, you know, dirty. So I remember, you know, um, trying to clean them and using dishwasher soap and, all, and nothing was working. <laughs> so I took them into my, uh, my dad had a, a shoe repair guy that he knew, right? And the guy's like, oh, I'll clean those for you. No problem. You know, just leave them here. I'll <laughs> come back for them. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> so I left them in my Reebok, right? <laughs> I'll never forget picking them up. Dude had gotten white shoe polish and did fucking white shoe polish on oh. the whole fucking shoe. <laughs> oh, and man. now they were chalk white. Oh, they, were, they, were, they were fucking white. Yeah. They were white, yeah. but they were chalk white. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. I looked at them and I, I go, these look fucking terrible. He so, like, all the, all the creases in there were just like, yeah. like it, oh, I can't even explain how, how that looked. But it was just like, uh, it was like, oh, man, that's, that's well, bad. So, okay, so you hit on something, <laughs> right? Because now there are stores mm -hmm. that specialize yes. in cleaning your sneakers. sneaks. That's right. And, and products uh, and, and products and there's a whole cottage industry that's just yeah. grown up around maintaining your sneakers that's right keeping them clean keeping them fresh yeah it's a it's a whole thing you know and you know one of the one of like iconic moments in cinematic history right is uh you know in uh spike lee's uh, do the right thing, right? <laughs> yeah. When the guy, the guy is standing there, and the and and, and homeboy steps on his shoe, <laughs> and it was like, whoa! <laughs> like the world stops. Like what? You know, it's just like it's over, right? Like you stepped on my fucking. Shoe. Oh my! Like God. that was that was the that's the funniest scene because it's like and it's true. You know these sneakerheads. Oh my God! If they get a fucking crease, so so here's the thing, yeah. and I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. Few months ago i found out and I, it's probably been going on for a long time but i just found out that there's uh, kids in grammar school and high school who wear their sneakers to school and in class they wear slides so they take off their shoes while they're in school and they wear slides because they don't want to wrinkle or crease their shoes right so then when 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 school's out then they put them back on just to walk to the car or to the bus or whatever. To look fresh to outside look fresh. the building. Yeah. But inside the building. Oh, yeah. While they're in, while they're in school. They're and this is a thing right now. Right now. It's going on right now in fucking high schools and in fucking <laughs> and in uh, elementary schools. Like kids, were, kids are taking two pairs of shoes. They're fucking kicks, right? And they're fucking slides. So we're, we're, we're not doing so great on our SATs, but we look fresh. We look fresh well, being stupid. <laughs> we used to have, a, you know, back in the day, they call it stupid gear, right? Or stupid fresh. Stupid fresh. Well, that's stupid. Literally. That's literally stupid true fresh. Now, yeah. You know? you know, and I mean, back in the day, you know, when especially when Jordans came out, right? You remember all the stories that were true of... Yeah. Kids, kids wearing their fucking Jordans and on the way home getting jumped, getting jacked, yeah, and fucking you know getting their shoes taken away, and some kids fucking getting killed. Yeah, there's people who got kids not, who got not killed, just, not just know, they robbed, got stabbed and shot killed. for a pair of sneaks, you know, yeah. you know, and then yeah, so it's it's crazy. It's a it's a whole it's a whole it's a crazy uh, evolution of the sneakers, you know. And here's another funny thing: in the '90s, I used to go to Europe a lot. Right, I went to Germany and different countries almost every summer. Right, and 
at that time, I think now things have changed a little bit, but at mm. that time, they would wear <laughs> the sneakers they wore in in Europe, right? They might have been Puma, they might have been Adidas, but they were like the fucking wrestling shoe Adidas, right? Or like the I don't you know, they weren't they weren't they definitely were not the high high fashion, you know, whatever. And I, I remember when they would come to LA these uh germans or french or whatever they'd be like oh i'm gonna get some sneakers and then they would walk into the store and they would see dude these adidas are 40 bucks i'm gonna get five pairs and i'm like yeah but those aren't the those aren't the fresh adidas you know yeah right get the fresh ones they're like 90 bucks no no no. but these are 40 you know or, or look at these they're on sale for 25 bucks these nikes and we're like yeah but those are not the fresh ones and they were like but they're adidas they're nike no and that's all they cared about. They right. didn't care ab- about the look. They yeah. just cared like, because in the Europe, brand. it was so expensive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just like jeans, you know? when If you had Levi's jeans sure, when yeah. you were in fucking Europe, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, you're the yeah. shit because you're yeah. wearing Levi's. And they didn't care what the fit was like. Oh, you know? my God. I, that reminds <laughs> me. So when I was living in Chicago, uh, I, one of my roommates had lived in uh, Norway for a long time. So he had a bunch of Norwegian friends, right? Yeah. So when we were living together in Chicago, his Norwegian friends would come through and stay with us, right? Right. And it was hilarious because they were all outfitted with American brands <laughs> right. just like that. But it was crazy because it wasn't just about the Levi's, which they had, right? right? But it was specific shit, like, like the Zippo lighter. Okay. They had the fucking, they had the, <laughs> the Levi's. They had the Zippo lighter, which they which they flick, you know, like they had like a whole routine, like right. like pulling out a gun, you yeah. know, like like flipping the lid and lighting it up. Right. They smoked marble cigarettes, yeah. or you know, yeah. like the yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, they had uh, and they, they would have a Harley, always like a Harley Davidson kind of wallet with the chain or right. something. You right, know? right, right. It was all about American brands, yeah. and of course they because it's what they saw on the movies. Yeah. And That's they had never was. been to America. No, no. They had never written a Harley. No. They, you know. Yeah. But it was it was just all about that fresh shit. You yeah. Know? And just the way American that, you know, however Tom Cruise wore it. Yeah. That's how they were going to So just wear to have it. the brand, it wasn't even necessarily the the, the specific item. No, it wasn't. Right, right. It wasn't. You yeah. know, it wasn't even about the fresh look. I was like, those are some whack-ass Nikes. Yeah, but they're Nike. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, no, bro, those aren't cool, dude. Oh, my God. But yeah, it's, it's fun. Well, all right. So let's, for our listeners here, let's yeah. break it down a little bit yep. um because tickets are on sale now i believe at sneakertopia.com that's right and uh we want to make sure everybody gets their tickets uh the, you know the, the 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 first opening night that first week and month is going to be nuts mm-hmm. and of course it's going to be running for a long time so so people should come uh once twice three times as many times as possible because there's going to be so much cool shit happening there yeah they're going to want to take it all in um as i understand it they're going to be doing private events and group events yep you can host parties there there's going to be all kinds of cool premium 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 experiences Mm -hmm. uh it sounds like looks like you can get um a season pass holder ticket. You could be a supporting member you can be a sustaining uh patron member all kinds of great ways of supporting this culture, this great uh, 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 experience event yeah. uh, at Sneakertopia. So, and you, uh, could, you could find them at uh, at Go Sneakertopia. Go Sneakertopia. That's their that's their handle on IG, on IG. and all the all okay. the different uh, social media. Great, and 
And of course, you said the uh, grand opening is October 25th. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, from there, you know, I don't know, business hours and yeah. all kinds of shit going on, on the website. That. Yeah. So go to the website, sneakertopia.com. And uh, I guess with that, we'll uh, we'll sign out. Sounds good, bro. Good seeing you. Uh, yeah, good seeing you. Peace out. Peace. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to like this episode and share it with your friends on social. And if you haven't already done so, please be sure to press subscribe and follow us on IG at Not Real Artificial. We appreciate the support. Sourdough, out.